Hello, everyone. Welcome to Ghost Travelers Podcast. My name is PJ Kilgore. I'm your co-host for tonight. So tonight we're talking with Art Davenport. He's the founder of Paranormal Encounters Wisconsin. He founded the group in 2001. So tonight we're going to talk with him how he started it and what kind of experiences he had um, investigating. So Art, thank you for joining us tonight. Hey, PJ, long time no see. Yeah, I know, hey. So what's what's new with you? What's been going on? Well, you know, uh, we were kind of talking a little bit earlier, so I had to uh, take some time off for health reasons. I had a little bit of heart surgery and stuff. So I've been away from uh, doing investigations for, I don't know, probably three or four years in between there that we actually were shut down. But we're back up and rolling again. I'm healthy and ready to get back out there and, um, we started off our uh, taping season up in Minnesota. How did that investigation go up in Minnesota? I seen a little parts of the video today. Yeah, it was actually a pleasant surprise. So we visited a place called the Boyd House, and it was 40 below zero with the wind chill. Wow, that's cold. So it was, yeah, it was very cold. It was definitely miserable. But we, we uh, mustered through it. We did two nights there. The owners were fantastic. It was very affordable location for those that want to go spend an evening there. They have, um, you can sleep right there on site. It's heated. It's a beautiful old building and uh, beds and shower and kitchen. And it's just like going to grandma's house. It was pretty cool. Wow, that's that sounds really nice. And you said it's really affordable then for if you live here in Wisconsin, go and travel there for six hours. Yeah, for us it was about six hours. Super affordable. I mean, it's not thousands of dollars or anything like that. Uh, the owners are uh, very easy to work with, and uh, we even donated a little salt uh, for the ice and snow we got there, and it was probably waist deep in snow, and like I said, 40 below zero wind chill factor. And it's a little town. It is a very tiny town. It has a cafe locally. And it's called the Boyd Cafe. I recommend if you do go there to stop over and have some breakfast. I bet. So when you were there that night, on your first night, what did you experience there? So we arrived approximately right around probably 1 a.m. So we kind of got in a little bit late, and that was due to drifting road conditions and stuff like that. But we got in a little late. We got to the house. It seemed very comfortable. Uh, we unloaded, kind of went through what we call our shoot schedule and everything, picked out our bedrooms. Uh, but throughout the night, you could hear footsteps walking up and down the halls. It's a creaky house, but they were definitely footsteps. And uh, we started set up in the morning, or bright and early. So while we were out shooting B-roll and things throughout the town, we, would, we came back in and uh, we brought Laura and Deb with us. So if, for those that don't know, Deb's my wife, Laura's uh, Mikey's wife. And... Uh, they were upstairs setting up stuff. Well, we didn't notice at the time while we were shooting B-roll downstairs that Laura kept going upstairs. She kept going up to the, this bedroom area where we would, had been hearing footsteps all night. Mm -hmm. And she had pointed down the hall. She knew something wasn't right. It was about five or six times that she kept going up there without us even knowing. Well, then she went up there because that's where the bathroom is, the main bathroom. 
she went up there to use the restroom. She went in, and we had a wireless mic in a closet that's near the bathroom. It was more like a cubby hole. Yeah. That we, we called the situation room. So, so within two seconds, all of a sudden, we capture it. EVP class A old time music starts playing. And Laura come running out of that bathroom like her hair was on fire down the hall. We captured all that. And you probably saw that in the video. Yeah, I did. She was she was a little frightened on that one, eh? She was definitely definitely frightened. And we're downstairs and everybody, you know, and PJ, we've worked together on quite a few investigations. Yeah, we have. We've traveled all over together, and you know how how we get right. Once we're focused, we we uh, we're doing the Adam Kimmel line of uh, investigation, right? Yep. We get serious about shooting our film, and we don't expect things to happen during the day. And while we're doing this, she come down and was telling us about it, and everybody was so involved in what they were doing, it kind of just went out the window. So when I started the evidence review, I go, "Oh my word!" She wasn't joking around. She actually did hear that. <laughs> So what kind of, when you were uh, sleeping there throughout the night, what, what kind of experience have you had when you were, like, bed mode and stuff, getting ready for bed and just sleeping? Honestly, I slept really well, and uh, Deb slept really well. Mike and Laura, who were down the hall from us, they continued to hear knocks and creaks throughout the night, and um, they were in what they call the children's room, and they kept hearing different kinds of creaky boards and like footsteps up above them as well, which is an old attic area. Mm-hmm. And, and uh, Bugsy, uh, Mike Minnick, he actually slept alone downstairs. And uh, he just said he just felt like somebody was watching him all night long. And uh, the second night, um, time we went to bed, you know me, the sun was coming up. So we just slept a few hours and I made a beeline back to Wisconsin. So when you were when you and Mikey were in the basement doing the EVP sessions of the night, um, did you experience anything else while besides uh, doing the EVPs in the basement? You know, down there, I think it was the EVPs, and you heard them. And, mm-hmm. and I would recommend everybody just go over to YouTube and punch in Art Davenport, Paranormal Encounters, Wisconsin. You can watch our films there. Um, but the EVPs, I thought, were really crisp. They were pretty solid, and uh, it was just a really, even though you know what it said, and I'm not going to say it on a podcast, uh, but you know what it said, and even though it sounded harsh, I think that, you know, spirits get frustrated. Everybody asks the same questions, right? Yeah. How old are you? When did you die? What's your name? And and I think the spirit, and we're same way right we're all human what's your name i think because because we asked it two or three times earlier mm-hmm. he just was frustrated how many times do i need to tell you my name so he let us know that in un, no uncertain terms yeah i i would bet that some um regular questions that every spirit hears every now and then gets frustrated and i know when we go out investigating we like to research the location and try to add those um, history knowledge into our questions. Do you pull up any good history of the house before you so went? So we did. And um, this was a last-minute booking. So typically we'll research it quite a bit, but we don't tell 
I don't tell every member of the team about what's going on in the home just because I want to see if one of those things happen and we can capture it on video or audio. But one thing that we did on the way up, we had the girls doing research on the Internet. That's how quick this place was booked for us. Wow. So we had found out the previous owner's names. Uh, the town itself had a huge connection with the KKK. It had a rally of over 10,000 people in the early 1900s there that were all KK members. It was just uh, what we didn't expect. But at the end of it, I mean, really what we found out was, in our opinion, it's just a family, and they yeah. still live there to this day. And uh, I'd love to go back. I, I really do. Yeah, when you go back, I'll be more than happy to go with you there. The, the location looks really awesome, and... Uh... I bet the history's like really good there too, especially yeah, with the, the families. You're exactly right, PJ. The whole town, the the history of the town, the house, and, and even talking to locals throughout the town, you know, oh no, that place isn't haunted. You know, you'll hear that, right? My friends lived there up until so and so. Well, I am here to tell you that family from the earth, they're there. But you have to remember, too, people may live there and they coexist and may not even have an experience ever. But mm -hmm. when we as investigators go to these locations, we are letting them know we're trying to contact them, right? And they're trying to maybe have something to say to us. Sometimes maybe they don't like us and don't say anything. We've all been to locations where nothing happens, and that's another team goes in there and it blows up out of the water. So with that said, we were really pleased with it. Uh, we, we did it with a lot of respect and dignity. It was one, oh, yeah. an investigation we left feeling proud of. Yeah, like when I know when me and my team go out to investigate, like we put out the intent of seeing something, you know, like we want to have an experience. And I think some of the locals there, they're pulling, um, producing the same intents for they don't experience it and put it back in their heads, you know, and stuff like that. Yeah, and plus they're locals. I mean, here you have all these strange people coming in, mm -hmm. and, you know, especially a town like that, it can't be much more than 100 people. I mean, it was tiny. and um, But, you know, we made friends with them. You know, we, we went in, we listened to their stories if they had them, um, and we supported the local businesses in town, which is always important, I think, especially in these small communities that we do that. And then once you leave a location, put out a film on it or go on a podcast with, uh, with uh, ghost travelers and talk about these places because they're, they're counting on you to keep these businesses, and that's what I call them, businesses, keep them alive and thriving because somebody has to save the history. Oh, yeah. Like, um, when eventually either you or I buy a, a location, I do know... When I want to buy a location, I like to save the history, like talk about the people that were there and slowly rebuild the place where it was, you know, back in that time period for the spirits there can feel more comfortable. Yeah, I totally agree. And, and um, without that, without that holding on to history, you know, there's an old saying about he that doesn't know history will always repeat it. So there's so many stories, those time frames in those eras, whether 
the world when it was at war or it was during the Great Depression. And, you know, being able to talk to the people that lived it mm -hmm. is just fascinating to me. It just blows my mind. Yeah, especially when we do our EVP sessions, you know, we get the voices from the past. And when you're doing an EVP session, it's like you're basically almost time traveling back in time listening to the vocal tone of that person lived in that era. Oh, totally agree. And, and you know, it's just, and that's what really started us in this is the, the EVP. We captured, you know, we we're watching the ghost shows just like everybody else. I think one of the first ones was sightings with the UFOs and the, yep. the paranormal phenomenon as a whole. And I remember watching the, the girl with a digital recorder and I actually had one for work. And my wife and I went down to a cemetery in broad daylight and let's just go test it, babe. Let's see what, you know, I was curious. Yeah. And we got to get out. And it was very clear. And, and I told her right there and then, I said, I looked right at her, PJ, and I said, Deb, my questions are answered. I know it's real. I'm never going to mess with this again. In 2001, and then you started your Paranormal Encounters group after that experience, right? Yeah, yeah, that's where the group started. I mean, I had paranormal experiences um, before the group was started, after the EVP. And before the EVP, I never really had too many paranormal experiences. So, uh, but like most little boys and stuff back, you know, in the 1970s, going outside with a flashlight late at night and hoping to contact, you know, a UFO. And, you know, I did all that stuff. And I'd camp out there in the woods by myself. And and uh, it never happened. Never got to see a UFO. But we're happy to say that this year, this year we're going to do some UFO investigations. Oh, that would be very exciting. Um, when, you, when you do your, might be doing your UFO hunting this year, um, where are you planning on going to, if I may ask? Sure. So we're going to be going to uh, two locations. Uh, one is in northern Wisconsin where it does have its documented sightings in that area. But we also have a friend there that owns a huge piece of property that swears by it. He just says, it will happen if you spend a couple nights here, you're going to get what you're looking for. So, of course, we've all heard that before, but hopefully yeah. we will. And... Uh, we look forward to checking it out, and that would be, I think it's up around the Rhinelander area out in the National Forest. Um, if I can, um, what kind of experience is your buddy experiencing up in northern Wisconsin on this uh, big plot of property? So he has experienced strange lights. Uh, he's experienced uh, paranormal sightings such as ghost sightings as well as what he calls the strange lights in the sky. Um, when quizzed, I had talked to him about aircraft, swamp gas, and he goes, I promise you, it's none of those. You just have to come to see it. The only uh, thing he requested was he gets to come along. Hey, that we, we can work that in, eh? Oh, no problem. <laughs> since it's his property, and I bet since he has all that experience and knowledge, it will be great to bring the owner with us there for you can like point out where the happenings are even though when we if we do encounter that we cannot explain we can ask the owner right there and there 
saying, hey, can you explain this? And if it not, then that might be a true UFO sighting, you know? Right. And, and you know Mikey, right, PJ? Yeah, so Mikey. Mikey. Mikey's our senior investigator. And <clears throat> Mike is all about uh, the UFO phenomenon. Mm-hmm. He tracks all this stuff. It's like a hobby for him. So we're going to rely heavily on him uh, for getting data on the other location which he's the one that pointed us in that direction, but he's not going to share with us exactly what it is. So we can hopefully at least have the experience, maybe catch it on video and uh, see if it all pans out like he, he thinks it will. That'll be very exciting. Yeah, we're pretty stoked about that. It's something new for us and it, it gets us out in the great outdoors too. Yeah. Especially like for uh, like just doing a camp, uh, just doing camping and stuff like that while doing UFO UFO hunting and stuff like that. That will be a great time there, eh? Yeah, and you start to see more of that in the paranormal. A lot of people think paranormal. They think ghosts and, and demons and residual energy and this and that. It's more than that. It's paranormal. So whether it be from Bigfoot to UFOs to, to spirits and uh, infestations and things of, of that nature... I think it all needs to be checked out, and whether you believe in it or not, there there's a couple things that we're going to be investigating this year that I do not believe in. Mm-hmm. Maybe maybe I'll have my mind changed. Speaking of cryptics, um, do you do you believe in uh, Bigfoot, or have you ever seen one or heard one before since you're a hunter in the woods? So that's one of those things. Remember, I said I I don't believe in everything. So um, Bigfoot. No, until I see it, I just can't believe it. Um, where uh, team members of ours, they totally believe it, right? So oh, yeah. I'm going to be able to be that objective person in that situation. And the thing that always bothered me with the whole Bigfoot phenomenon is how can we add, you know, if, like you said, I'm a hunter. Don't email me about it. But, <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, you know, all these trail cameras and everything else that gets put up there, how come we're not seeing more and more footage of, of these uh, Sasquatch? So doesn't mean they don't exist. I just personally have a hard time buying into that. And then, then you have the other theories out there that they're related to the UFO phenomena. So you probably heard how people think they're all tied in together. So. Yeah, I... I... I, I'm a believer skeptic of the Bigfoot, Sasquatch, Yeti phenomenon stuff. You know, you got to think that we, the Earth is still, a thousand species are still being documented to this day. Like, who knows? Like, we could still discover Bigfoot even though it's not documented on the register. I mean, you do look at some of the footage and stuff that's out there. And you can, you can always put up the argument, well, they fake this or they fake that. And, and that's something, as you know, because you know me personally, mm-hmm. I don't put out a lot of footage, right? I just don't. I'm not, I'm not here to show off what I found and convince anybody otherwise. But when I do put something together, I want you to be entertained at the same time. Yeah. So, but when I look at some of the footage, it'd be like, who would go through that much trouble? To create this, I mean, because some of the footage of these Sasquatches is pretty, pretty, pretty solid. But for for me to just say I believe it, 
I believe it when I see it. Yep. So, and that's the way I've always been. And I know sometimes people just hate ghost hunting with me. That's, that's what, what we'll call it here. I call it paranormal investigating, but even people that will go out with us, I'll give them suggestions of what else it could be. And they sometimes will get frustrated about that because they want to believe so badly yep. that it's got to be true. And paranormal, I think, is is a rare occurrence. And when it does happen, it's phenomenal. But what we try to do at Paranormal Encounters Wisconsin is we'll gather all the evidence, mm-hmm. we'll make a nice little video for it, and you decide. Yeah, like I do know when... My team, Ghost Travelers, go out and investigate, and I learned it from the original TV series, Ghost Hunters, is we try to debunk of what's actually happening. Could it be like electricity in a field that you get the goosebumps at? Is it like the wind howling or rattling instead of a spirit knocking on the door? You know, you try to disprove it, but you want to believe it. It's a, a human spirit trying to communicate. Yeah. And you and I, I mean, we've been doing this forever. <laughs> so, I mean, one thing we, we've definitely learned is the best instrument is what? Our bodies, right? Yeah. We can sense it. We can feel it. The problem with that is I can't show it to, to Joe across the street and say, see, told you, told you it feel like this. He's not going to feel it unless he goes to experience it. So one thing I, I like to do, especially when I did the local uh, ghost tours here uh, in my area for the tourists, uh, we would take them out to cemeteries and stuff. And I would ID who the skeptics were, and we would do EVPs about the skeptics. Mm-hmm. We would do EVP requests. And every time, they were the ones that would get singled out. So I love a true skeptic with me on an investigation because by the time they're done, they're at least scratching their head going, yeah, that's possible. Yeah. Um, speaking of local hauntings and um, haunted places, is there like a, a location that you may be a little scared of about going back to or something like that? Um, well, we did a local house uh, here in Wisconsin. It was featured on a haunting. It's called Demon Whispers. Uh, I would never, no, I don't want to say never. I wouldn't want anybody to live through what we did. I mean, I, I mean, the TV show and stuff, that's great, you know, and you, you, you do see a lot of the facts that happened during that case. And PJ, you've been to that house with us. It took us over a year or so to, yeah. to get cleansed. But uh, I think you came with us on our second or third visit there. And the entire time, I didn't think of it as being demonic like the owner had thought and mm-hmm. you know until that final cleansing that the the ritual practice when it was taking place and what happened to us as investigators for up to a year after totally convinced me if it's not really a demon there were some really really bad people in this world oh yeah and at one you know it was it about killed our families. So I'll just leave it at that. We're, we're not going to go into that. Yeah, of course. 
Um, but the other place, on a happier note, you were actually at too, and that was the Stamsville Rectory when that was over down in uh, yeah, in Ohio, outside of Cincinnati, Ohio. Yeah, that was <laughs> that was a pretty spooky night. The the second night there, I think. The first the first <laughs> night was. I'll go ahead. The, it's all right. The The first night was like, uh, it's it's just like a normal house, and I can walk around with the lights off with a flashlight in my hand if something spooks me. Okay. Um, I didn't felt anything. I felt there once in a while something behind me on the first night, but nothing too scary. But the second night, that's when all hell broke loose, I think. Uh, the, the place, when it's alive, it's alive. Yeah. And... I mean, the shower curtain, the very first time we went there, if you don't mind, I'm going to just explain to you. Yeah, go ahead. The very first time we went there, it was my son, myself, and Mike. And it was probably, I don't even know what year it was. We're relatively new, right? So we had started the group. And they didn't allow anybody in there unless you have five years minimum experience. Yep. And you had to list some places you've been. We didn't have five years experience. So I'm like being the cocky young guy, you know, it's going to rock the paranormal world. I'm going to go, you know, we just told him, yeah, six years experience. Here's all these places we've been. We're good to go. And we got there and the house was fine. We walked in. We're like, wow, is this beautiful? Yeah, it sure is. You know, a rectory. Come on. Why would a rectory be haunted? <laughs> so we're, we're in there and, and as the night went on, I mean, little things would start happening and this and that. But then, I'll never forget it, it, it was 2.43 a.m., the place exploded. Like, I've never felt anything like it. I've never heard things like it. I've never seen anything like it. And we were scheduled for two nights. Our butts were back in the truck on the way back to Wisconsin at 5 a.m. that morning. We were done. We, we just forfeited our second night. Mm-hmm. And that should tell you right there, don't go into a place like that if they tell you to have the experience. But we went back, what, four or five years later, you came along. Yep. And now we're seasoned, and it does matter if you are seasoned versus not. Um, and we had some incredible experiences together. Yeah, it was um, it was really interesting. Um, for For the viewers, if they don't know or seen the episode on Ghost Adventures, can you tell us a little bit of history of what happened there? So uh, this rectory, uh, first of all, there was a priest that helped write the Roman mythology. And I apologize, it's been so long, I don't remember his name. And then there was a Father Bernig, um I believe was the name. Uh, one of the priests was molesting children in the ni- early 90s, I believe it was. And that was a place that they sent these priests. Meanwhile, they were still running a school inside that inside the rectory. So did that still continue? I don't know. Um, one of the priests was said to be uh, beheaded by a railroad track that somehow got stuck and the train went through and, and killed him. Uh, after that, it's had abandoned, so there was dog fighting and those type of things. That part we can definitely factually say because yep. we all saw doors from the animals and the cages, and uh, it's a mess. Um, yeah, and there's still so, uh, dog claws on the 
the basement door still to this day from that dog illegal dog fighting. Yeah, and the owners at the time they were putting a lot of money into restoring it, and I think they finally did. And I know I tried to go back and uh, book it because it draws you back. Mm -hmm. it's, a, it's an incredible building uh, with incredible power, really. And uh, if if there was a place of pure evil, that that was definitely it. But I talked to Terry and Tim and about coming back, but they had turned it over to the Catholic Church has control of it now. So, oh, that's that's awesome of them. And and also, I know other teams have been there. Uh, Ghost Adventures went there, and they actually didn't get a whole lot. If you remember, they had the father come in and, and do an exorcism, so or a blessing, if you will. And uh, they didn't really get a whole lot at that location. So that was an, a, another reason I wanted to go back. And there was a team out of New York, for example. And I kept telling them, you "Guys, you got to go to the Sandville Rectory. Oh my gosh, it's incredible." They went 12 times, wow. and nothing, nothing happened on the first 11 visits. The 12th time, I got a phone call in the middle of the night going, this is crazy. <laughs> so, so, Matt, if you're out there listening, yeah, I'm talking about you. Yeah, I know the, the, the day that we were packing up and stuff, I pulled you inside, and I don't know if you remember that I told you that I don't want to come back. It's the, the second night scared the, the crap out of me. Because when I was there walking through the halls where Adam walked, the, um, the, the presence was like so bad and stuff. It was like, it was like in your face presence, you know? But yeah. I really, side of me say don't go back there. But another part of me saying you got to go face your fears. You got to, you just got to do it. And, get your fears out of the way. And even though it's scared of living crap out of you, you gotta go face your fears of the location. Yeah, and I still do that to this day. And and PJ, you know how I investigate. I'm, I'm a big believer in solos. Mm -hmm. I think the odds of making contact greatly intensify when you're alone. But uh, that location, of course, you know I did it, but I would not send anybody no. alone in there. Uh, it's something that I choose to do. I absolutely hate it every time I have to do a solo, but I try not to let that show. Mm -hmm. uh, and sometimes I get great stuff. And if, if I'm feeling comfortable on stuff, I never will capture anything. Yeah. But if I'm edgy or, you know, you know the feeling I'm talking about, like yep. that rock in your stomach and all your blood goes to the center of your body and you're yep. just terrified, that's when things happen, and I don't know if it's an energy we release that draws it in. Maybe we create it. I, I have no idea. I can't answer that, and I don't think anyone really can. But it's exciting, and it's even more exciting when you review your evidence and you say, there is more to this. Mm -hmm. This world is not the end. It's only the no. beginning. Mm -hmm. Yeah, since I've been doing ghost hunting and paranormal investigating, so it, it true. It, brought me that I do know I'm okay with death. I'm not scared of it. I know there's an afterlife. I don't know where I will go, but this is not the end of the, our, our souls, our spirits. Now, and I totally agree. I totally agree with you. And um, I have no fear of death anymore. Mm -mm. I, you know, the thing I do fear is pain with death. 
but I don't fear the, the, the actual transformation. So no. um, I am confident that I'll be on the other side. When I have my, my open heart surgery, I already made plans with Mikey and everybody. Okay, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to come back. My wife and I had a code word because there was a chance I may not have made it through that surgery. So I wanted to take this, if you will, to the next level. But I'm going to do it from on the other side. I'm going to find a way. Mm -hmm. And if it was possible, if I could do it, you know. And like I told them, if I don't contact you, it doesn't necessarily mean that there's nothing after this. It just means I couldn't do it. But I'm a firm believer that there's so much more. Oh, yeah. Like, I, I, when, I, uh, when I tell my parents that, um, when I die... I'm gonna be a prankster ghost. I'm going. I'm going. When somebody asks to do an EVP session, I'm going. Somebody says, "Is somebody there?" I'm going to pop out of nowhere, point and laugh at you, and disappear. Yeah, or or scream real loud in Edinburgh Manor. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that'll be a lot of fun. Oh gosh, yeah, we've had some good times over the years. And oh yeah, it's just amazing now. If you look, you know, obviously paranormal has turned into a big market. So you're looking at the at the TV shows. There's just tons of them. It's like part of it's so frustrating. Like they're throwing wet napkins at the wall and see which ones stick. Mm -hmm. You know, kind of thing. So there are a very few shows that I even even watch anymore. Um, one thing I'm big into, and I know you are, is the underground. So it's, it's all about, I love watching paranormal underground uh, teams. So yeah, like you or I or, or Kimmel, you know. So there's all kinds of great teams, Living Dead. I mean, they're just awesome teams. Yeah, I would like to meet uh, some of the teams that we watch on YouTube and also uh, try to also maybe help them grow. There's uh, like a beginning baby team starts trying to go out, I would like to show them saying, hey, you have to go here and here and stuff, but don't go there and that. You have to have too many um, investigations under your belt first to go touch that place. Keep that place as a, a goal of yours that you want to go to in the near future, right. you know? Yeah, you're right. And, and uh, I'm just excited to get back out on the trail. You know, we're recording this during the, the hype of uh, the coronavirus, mm -hmm. and uh, a lot of places are closed, so please stay at home, everyone, if you're supposed to. Um, I might sneak out to a graveyard here and there, but hey. <laughs> yeah, no one or go around. on nice walks. <laughs> well, Art, I would like to uh, say thank you so much for taking a small part of your day of this uh, lockdown that we have uh, coming on our show and talking with us for a few minutes. Yeah, thanks for having me, man. It was good to see you, even though we have to do it this way, for, you know, over the computer screens. But uh, it was awesome, awesome to see you. Yeah, same here. Um, if there's any anybody wants to get a hold of you or check out any of your links is there like a good place to check out your videos or get a hold of you or anything like that sure so there's a couple things you can do all right of course uh, everybody's got a facebook page nowadays so uh with paranormal encounters wi paranormal encounters wi we're also on youtube at art davenport paranormal encounters wi you can find us on Twitter, Instagram, 
you know, the usuals. And then we have a website, which is Paranormal Encounters. I'm sorry, ParanormalEncounters.com, I believe. <laughs> I never, I never look. <laughs> Well, thank you again for taking the time of uh, your busy schedule and stuff like that. Yeah, you bet. Actually, just so I'm clear, it's ParanormalEncountersWI.com. All right, and then um, I'll post everything on the, in, uh, the description of this podcast on uh, when we upload it, at the, when we get done uploading and editing. Okay. All right, well, thank hey, you so much. Thanks a lot, everyone. Appreciate it. Yeah, and uh, this is uh, Art Davenport with Paranormal Encounters of Wisconsin. Uh, Until then. I would like to thank our guests for spending some of their time today with Ghost Travelers Podcast. If you would like to share an encounter with the paranormal, email us at ghosttravelerspodcast at gmail.com. Again, that's ghosttravelerspodcast at gmail.com. You can follow us on Instagram at ghosttravelerspodcast. You can also follow our paranormal investigations on Facebook at Ghost Travelers. There you will find information on future and past investigations, along with a link to YouTube to view our investigation video episodes. Again, that is Ghost Travelers on Facebook. I would also like to thank Grant Wilson for allowing us to use his music uh, for our episodes. If you enjoyed this episode, please give us a positive rating on your podcast platform. Until next time, this has been your host, Patrick, from Ghost Travelers Podcast.